Welcome to Security with Spirits, an Oak Barrel Security Podcast. I'm Jason. This is Ben. Jonathan. And Tony. We'll tell you what to drink while we tell you why we drink. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Security with Spirits. I'm Jason, and tonight I've actually uh, I've actually been out with some <laughs> some vendors, you know, doing the whole whining and dining before the contract signed and all that kind of stuff. And I had a few Balvinis while I was there, and I'm just continuing the party here with the podcast. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Ben, what you got? I have switched up on my classic malt journey. I'm now on to... Hellisker, it's a sky scotch, which I'm not sure the origination of it, but I know they're they're fairly new compared to the others. And their flavor is peaty, it's pretty rich, and it's not as robust as I would say your eyelids are, but this one is, does have a little bit of a peaty brininess to it. What are you drinking, Jonathan? Hey, uh, good evening. Uh, I, I popped a bottle of uh, Blue Spot, uh, seven-year-old whiskey, single uh, single pot Irish whiskey, and it is just very tasty and got a little bit of a hint of uh, cracked black pepper corn to it. Pretty nice. Uh, Tony, what do you got this evening? First, uh, a little behind-the-scenes info for our loyal listeners. Uh, normally, I post the drink ahead of time so the rest of the crew knows what's coming up. Today, I'm posting it in our Discord in real time so we can get their reaction live. Our signature cocktail for this episode is the Oak Barrel Slice of Life. What do we have? Whoa. Oh, neat. Holy smokes. So this, this series has taken us from the early days to further along in our careers this concoction celebrates that maturing. It's a gelatin shot made from apple cider, rosemary, whiskey, and peach brandy served as an actual apple slice. Look, you're going to want to see this. So head over to oakbarrelsecurity.com to check it out and get the full recipe with instructions. I, I had a lot of fun making this. So if you want to see more like this, let us know. How? I'm so glad you asked. You can now leave us a voicemail at 234-201-0707. That's 234-201-0707. Give it a shot and we'll give you a shout. Very nice. Absolutely astonished. Well, well done. I'm 100% behind you. Go to the website and check this out. This is incredible. You have outdone yourself, sir. This is I. I'm going to do this. This is awesome. I mean, I've been I've been trying to keep up and like make as many of the drinks as I can, and they've all been fantastic. But wow, this is something else. Wow, that is neat. Yeah, so I, I have to admit, like I've been watching uh, Drink Masters on Netflix, so I, I took some heavy inspiration from that. But still, it was like I said, it was a lot of fun doing this, and you know, looking at the photos. I have a whole new respect for like food stylists because it is very <laughs> difficult to make an apple look good. You did a great job though. That looks amazing. That's I, I I'm usually like you guys have thought behind your drinks and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I certainly poured a drink into a glass and this goes way <laughs> beyond that. This looks I poured amazing. a drink into a glass or a Yahtzee shaker. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Tip a bottle up, you know, we're not fancy. <laughs> 
We're, we're, we're winding down our series on going through life as a security professional. Some of the things you've selected, uh, your career path, you know, have uh, guiding you through high school, college, or no college, or, you know, certifications. And now we're, we're kind of later on in life. We're, we're looking at maybe some of those, some of those certifications that have a little bit more investment that you have to put into it, or maybe, you know, a a graduate degree or, or something like that. I know I myself, like I have a, you know, I have a graduate degree. I went, I went the MBA route because I wanted to learn more of the business. I wanted to go more of a leadership path in my career. I grabbed the the CISSP, paired it with the PMP. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's done well for me. I know Ben, you can you tell us a little bit about advanced degrees and certifications. As far as the later career growth, yes, I went the MBA route. I was looking for more into things like finance and how to do comparisons on such in the leadership route because you can learn a lot and get technical certifications to cover a lot of those bases. But getting leadership generally requires a little more knowledge and a lot of more people skills and things like that. And that's something that I thought the MBA would give me. Trying to pair it with certifications for the rest of your career, you, you definitely want to look at upper, upper level things like CISSP, and I think PMP is another a great one for that finishing touch on a resume, particularly if you are looking for leadership. So that's an interesting suggestion, the, the PMP. Why do you say that? A big part of leadership is getting things done. And I thought the value of learning how to get things done and learning to plan things out and to goad and prod your team along, including the, the vendor or your own personnel, is a very important skill as you get later in your career. Unless you plan on doing everything yourself all your whole career, you need to learn how to make other people do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th I think those skills come through in project management and leadership training and things like that. The other thing I think that should be mentioned is not necessarily i wouldn't call it a uh, certification or advanced degree or anything is learn to curl up in a ball and wait for death i'm kidding learn how to <laughs> <laughs> learn how to live your life a little bit if you consider your cybersecurity career you've probably spent and, th and we're talking the later part so you've probably been in the field 15 to 20 years and it's a grind you will spend a lot of time thinking about, wow, I remember the time I worked a 36 hour shift or you know, I remember when all this stuff went down and I had to pull my hair out for getting this fixed and putting these systems back online. At this point in your career, you, you, sh you need to learn to not grind yourself out like that because as you reach this middle, this kind of age range and this stage in your career, you, you should feel more confident in your skills and you should learn to kind of get away from get away from it all learn how to unplug yeah so what you definitely shouldn't do is start a cybersecurity podcast and add <laughs> hours and hours to your work week talking about your job why not <laughs> do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life <laughs> i don't know 
I put in some pretty hard days, some long days. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm in love, love with it. Yeah. <laughs> More of a situation ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, though. That's a find find healthy hobbit. Or hobbits. Find healthy hobbits. Make sure you find. <laughs> you want to make sure they still have all the hair on their feet. Um, you wanna... <laughs> they know how to cook potatoes. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> I think you're right on with that one. <laughs> Go wandering around Middle Earth trying to find healthy hobbits. That might be your healthy habit. I don't know. But yeah, no, I'm with Ben. Find a healthy habit. Find somewhat of something that I'm I am very technical and I love everything. I love all my gadgets. I love all my stuff. I love always learning. But there are times where you have to just completely disconnect. You may not be an outdoorsy person, but you, you still need to, to disconnect. You know, I, I, I have no advice. I can't tell you what to do. Unfortunately, I can't tell you what your, uh, man, I almost did it again. What your, <laughs> your hobbit is. <laughs> what your, I can't tell you about your hobbit. I, I, I love that advice, honestly. Like, at this stage in your career, you should be fairly confident. Although, like, I think we all suffer from imposter syndrome still. Oh yeah. Um, but I think I've talked to Jonathan about this before. Like at this stage, we're, we're we're paid for being able to do the job in five minutes instead of grinding it out for hours. Yeah. We're we're our career is based on that experience that allows us to be more efficient. So yeah, take that extra time where you're not grinding it out, and you know, take a walk. Or drink, you know, whatever. <laughs> Go find a healthy hobbit. <laughs> give him some some hobbit cider. It'll be fine. It comes in pints. <laughs> yeah. We both talked about getting an MBA and looking at leadership skills and things. And then the decision, making the leap into leadership versus staying in the tech technology arena, probably the biggest career decision you'll make at this point because it is you're, you might be looking at your your last kind of career change at that point or you go if you go to leadership you'll get in the habit of doing leadership and maybe you, you stay in leadership and if you're a good one uh, that's great uh so so i get to kind of play the role of the outsider on this one because i i'm the only one without an advanced degree so like you two that got your mba why that? And Jonathan, you know, you, you went a different way. And why did you choose that path? For me, I knew I was leadership was the way I wanted to go. I'll be honest, I wanted to have a little bit more control in the decision making. But I also, it's kind of a, a passion for helping others, you know, kind of become better at what they do. I mean, you can do that. I can't, you don't have to become a leader to do that. Like you can still be a really good mentor and even, you know, parallel you know, job duty wise with the person sitting in the, the office next year or whatever, or, you know, video conferencing, however the world is in, in your world. But I felt like I could make more of a, an impact as a leader. And I still love tech and it's tough to let go of the tech side, but it's also very, very rewarding to see 
people succeed and people, yeah, just be happy with their with their jobs. That's that's really the only reason why I went to get the MBA is just so I could continue that path towards leadership. The situation in my career at that point, I recognized that we either had leaders who didn't know the technology and you had people in the technology who didn't know how to, I would say, get things done, project management, things like that. And I wanted to try to hybrid that because I knew I had the tech skills and I knew I could, I was always working on my tech skills. So I thought if I, if I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to, to augment those tech skills with the things that I don't have an abundance of experiences and kind of fast line that. And that's why I went to an MBA. It was really more of a self-optimization choice though even though i i hadn't really planned to go into leadership i wanted to to be able to if i needed to if that makes sense so has an advanced degree been a requirement for advancing into a leadership position anywhere you've seen or is it just you want that knowledge and that skill set to take it to the next level and for me I mean, just a degree in general tends to be a barrier to entry to any leadership position. But a big part of it was if I wanted to, if I was going to do it, I wanted to make sure I did it well. So I always try to try to figure out what path I want to do. And then I go online and I do a lot of job searches and I, I see like, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's where I want to be. So let's look at the requirements and a degree. It, it actually, it, it came up enough that I was like, I, this is, I, I have to do this. Uh, I'm, I've been listening and just taking it all in at the moment, but I was at the same time kind of analyzing my decision at that time because I was going to go down the path of an MBA and I was, the school that I was planning to attend to uh, get my MBA just created a new program that was a master's in information systems or master's of management and information systems so it was a marriage of uh mba and information systems so i had that ability to focus on more of uh decision making strategic uh planning uh ethics and communication in information systems so it's, it's kind of the same thing as an mba just geared more towards it but uh I don't know when I made that decision, I didn't look at the job market. It was actually something deep seated in me that was like, I'm going to go do this cause one, I got to do it. But it really goes back to, uh, when I was younger towards middle school, I was told I would never be able to go to college that I wasn't smart enough. And at that point it was like, I had to prove this to myself that I was really capable of not just a college degree, but an advanced college degree. It's quite a motivator like <laughs> being told like I know that because I, I've used that many times I I ran a marathon because somebody said I couldn't so <laughs> being stubborn can get you pretty far yeah I uh, looked at some degree programs I found one for masters of the universe <laughs> and but I didn't have the uh, the, the physique yeah <laughs> 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 I'm still trying to find a place where I can take my Jedi Masters. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is how you get, you get poor performers anywhere. But I think a lot of people I've talked to kind of see leadership as the, as the payday. Like once you hit leadership, 
you're done. You can relax those tech skills, you can, or, you know, whatever industry you're in, you're just like telling people what to do and sit back and collect a paycheck. And for me, I enjoy, like, it's, it's still learning. You still have to, to learn and to work to be good at your job. So there's still learning to do. And so my father, it was late in his, his career, whenever he decided, he's like, ah, you know what? I just don't want to do this anymore. And he made a pretty drastic career change. And I, I don't think I could, but this has kind of revitalized, I guess, my career. Cause now I'm like, oh, I have new skills to learn. I have new things to do. I have new, you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm good at this and that, and I want to get better. And so that's the other thing too, is it's kind of put a, a second wind into my career and give me, give me more things to like entertain me <laughs> not not to say entertain that I, me peons <laughs> <laughs> not to say that i'm like I, I i certainly didn't hit the end of the road in my tech skills and i'm like i know everything it's just uh, it's so boring let's try something else but it, it is different it is a different learning uh, a different way to learn different skills to learn and everything and it's new and exciting and it's fun and luckily i mean i stayed in a in in leadership roles that are in it so i can still use those it skills and now my, my the it like the tinkering and stuff that i like to do is more of a hobby which is awesome to me because i can you know spend a, an evening in my home lab and enjoy it and not think i'm like you know i have to learn this so i can be good at my job it's just i'm like oh i'm kind of interested in this let's try it out so what about the folks that aren't interested in leadership at this point in their career. Uh, what do you say for them? Is there uh, something they should be doing and working towards? What are their next steps? No, you need to stay working forever because we need people like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing because technology is always changing, always growing. So, I mean, just when you think you're like, I know it all, there's something else that you can start tacking on. There's a new search you can go after that would complement your skill set. I, I have a quite a big admiration for those people who know and love what they do, and that's what they want to do. I've met numerous people in my career who, and we've talked about it in the show before, that their careers have been wrecked where they've been kind of forced into promotions or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be management, but, you know, different angles of the business or, or moving up or going from a, like a, a you know, an, an engineer to like a sales engineer or something like that. Um, I, I have a world of respect of those people who are like, I want to work in my servers or I want to work in the cloud or I want to work in network or whatever. And this is what makes me happy. And this is what I'm doing. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's something that I think I would like to see some changes in and how, because like you were, we were talking about, I, I believe we mentioned is like good employees trying to reach that, that number, whatever number of income they're, they're looking for or, or end up forced into positions that, a, they're they're they don't want, or B, they are bad at. And it takes them out of the, what they are good at and what they want to do, and that somewhere along the line, a change should happen in which we don't have to do that anymore. That we don't have to force people into management positions or other things that 
that we can pay people well to do the things that they do they want to do and what they do well if you have a say a service desk person and that they are great with people they like fixing the problems they like handling that they should be rewarded for that and their their ability and their desire to do that job instead of being forced to get pulled out of that position into something they may not like it or enjoy as much well, the good news is that pretty soon AI is going to take care of all those jobs that people don't want to do as much and people will be free to do whatever they want to do. Sorry, that's a <laughs> teaser for a future episode. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's, that's legit. Like we should be rewarding people that are like master craftsmen at what they do. Right, mm-hmm. man. We're, we're really giving away some, uh, some next episode secrets, but I think that's where the leadership side, like you have to know the value of somebody. And I know there's going to be, there's always going to be, you know, HR is going to find like the best market value for whatever and all that kind of stuff. But if you can really, if you can really put dollar amounts, like a value on what this person is doing and then, you know, what it's going to cost to, you know, replace them or uh, promote them or I don't know. No, I love that. Like any other area of the business, you have to do cost-benefit analysis, right? Yeah. HR doesn't. Right. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and most of the time, they're getting in, their information from someone else. They don't even develop it to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what's a yeah. bigger business expense than your employees? Why are we not doing those calculations? Yeah. Again, like, what's your what's your assets? What's your biggest asset? <laughs> the employee and their knowledge (laughs) yeah and there's always gonna i mean a person can be trained to do something like you could have a network person but i mean that 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 knowledge that they hold of you know just the 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 wisdom they gathered over the tribal knowledge or whatever you call it that's that's there that they have that they've acquired over the years that's difficult to replace like you can even bring in like a a top performer and it's gonna be a few months before they're they're ready to work at the same level at the previous person. That's a, that's a big hit. It's a big impact to the team. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you had a, had a, a, like a solid performer and they were promoted and kind of fell apart? I was thinking specifically on the service desk because that's where there's so much turnover and they have a lot of access where when you have someone who rocks the service desk and doesn't require you know, a lot of hand-holding and is perfectly comfortable doing that it's it's like finding a unicorn <laughs> we're in such a messed up world like even if you decided to dump you know like uh you know just just truck loads of money on somebody unfortunately we're in the you know the 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 business of if there's pride i guess i don't know why i think it's silly i think if you know, if you got a position and you love it, you should matter. But there's some people who are like, well, I'm just the service center. No, that's an important job. And and people kind of see that title change. It's like, aha, I'm making it. I'm now a network administrator. Yeah. <laughs> Which titles are all made up, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> just, we just need, like, we just need work done. Like, this, this title kind of fits, like, where where we want the direction we want to point you go succeed <laughs> all right so my, my my question to you leadership types 
what can you do for the people that aren't looking to move up into management are I, I, I don't want to say content because that sounds too complacent but like they're good in their technical role but how do you keep them engaged and I don't know interested in the job instead of just grinding it out is it pizza parties because if it's pizza parties I'm going to veto it oh man <laughs> oh that's the, that's all I had. <laughs> no, so it's definitely rely on the soft skills, definitely empathy, make a connection. I I absolutely love like everybody on my team. I and I know that's not enough for people and people are like, "Oh, weird." But another thing I do, I I one-on-ones to me are important. One-on-one is a time to not only make, you know, that personal connection with somebody, but it's also a time to see what they're what how they want to grow and let them know that you've got their back let them know that you're there to provide them with tools or training or whatever and if you know they want to if they're in this position if they're in x position and they want to get to y position then that's my role is to to help them get there so the other thing that i use to really get people engaged and this is something whenever i was going through my path to leadership i knew pretty early on in my career that leadership is eventually where i wanted to end up so what I did was I I watched all the leaders that not just mine, not not, you know, the my direct leaders, but maybe, you know, like leaders above them or maybe leaders, you know, lateral to them or whatever. And I kind of mentally started thinking this is what I like and this is what I don't like about them. And that was kind of shaping me to be the the leader that I wanted. So Luckily, it helped me as, you know, I was as I was going through my career, I'm like, well, I'm pretty like minded to all the other people that are in my role. And these are kind of the things I want. You know, of course, you go out drinking with, you know, your coworkers and you can hear the complaints and you're like, okay, this is so that helped out a lot. And one of the big things that I've I've learned is ownership is huge. So I despised the 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 bosses that I had that would say, Jason, I want you to build a widget. I'm like, okay. So I go and I build a widget. And I'm like, there's your widget. And they're like, I hate it. Put, you know, wings on this widget. I'm like, okay. And I go back and put wings on the widget. And I come back and like, you know. Instead, say, this is the need we have. What do you think? How can we, how can we make this a success? So at that point, it gives a little bit of creativity. The team member, employee, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, it gets a little bit of ownership. And at that point, they're kind of bought into the solution. So now they're not only like, they're like, well, I, I searched, you know, the internet or from my training experience or from, you know, talking to friends or people online, I think that we should do this. And then that's whenever you go through, you know, vendors and POCs and all that kind of stuff. And it really is inspiring to see your idea helping out the situation, organization, whatever it be. And at that point you feel kind of invested in it and you're like, it's, it becomes more than a, just like I'm coming into work and the boss is going to tell me what to do. It's like, I'm coming into work and I'm going to tend to my idea. I'm going to make sure it grows and I'm going to feed it and I'm going to love it. And yeah, that's, so those are, yeah, one-on-ones, ownership, um, and then of course, empathy and those soft skills. That's, uh, that's what I use. Yeah. I like that at this point in your career, like you don't need to be told 
what to do. You mm. need to be told what the end result should be. What's the yep. goal? And we can figure out how to get there. And, and exactly framing it that way keeps the individual contributor engaged and feeling like they have a little creative control. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I, I can think of a situation in my career where I was on, in a position of that where it was the opposite, like you were saying, like, build me this widget, put flames on the side, whatever. <laughs> and the worst feeling in a career, especially as you get later in your career, is you bring your ideas to the table and none of them are used or none of them are acknowledged. Yeah. And having that acknowledgement that... Um, feedback or that ownership as you called it is an important part of investing yourself in your work and what you do i will say too the mentorship part of leadership if you can analyze your employees and see what they're good at it's worth pointing out and saying like you are good at this you should pursue this that kind of thing it helped them kind of set their direction hmm. i like that Jonathan, how about you? What uh, have you used any tools or tactics or mentoring uh, tips? Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Some people just call it social engineering, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, manipulate them. Perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> No. When you get that feeling, it's called. Social engineering. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I like looking back and realizing the people who were great leaders in my life and trying to replicate that and learn through what I've dealt with, you know, good leaders, bad leaders, and just be uh, somebody that's always showing respect and uh letting that person know that they've got your support a hundred percent regardless if they're right or wrong that you know you've got their back and you're going to help them nice. that support from on top definitely and, helps <laughs> and pizza parties <laughs> <laughs> again speaking from the individual contributors perspective instead of pizza parties something that is more motivational is something we've talked about before is you know freedom to go to training and conferences and other types of professional development. Mm, yes. It's a, it's a big win for both sides. It, it keeps me interested, engaged, up to date. And I, I tell you every time I come back from a conference or training, I am fired up and inspired and ready to go. So that's, I mean, everybody wins in that situation. 100%. I have, I am completely with you on that one. Except for whenever, like I, I used to, and I, I believe uh, Ben and I were working together at this time, we had a, a, a boss that would constantly go to conferences. We had three days of just crap ideas that would come out of it. And then about the fourth day starts wearing, and then you know, fifth day, it's, like, it's all forgotten. Like anything... <laughs> You know those first three days they're coming back and they're like, we're going to go to IPv6. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> like, what? And it, second day, are we there yet? And I'm like, oh, we're almost there. Yep, yep. Mm. Third day, we're like, we're about there, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, just got to flip one more switch. And then Friday, you know, Friday comes along and they're 
bringing out the pizza party. So, but I'm with you. I that that is something that it re-energizes. Like you go and you're learning all these new fresh ideas, and there's just so much to. Oh yeah, I, I do enjoy conferences and training to to kind of re-energize work life. That's that's a really good point. All right. Well, I think that's uh, enough of us yakking for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. We usually do a, a nugget or two, but I, I think that whole episode was nuggety. So maybe go back and listen to it again. That, that'd be awesome. That'd, you know, help us out. Or go to our website, oakbarrelsecurity.com. Find some of the great drinks that Tony's been posting, some uh, some fun articles, some uh, some links to our podcast, some... It's just some other things there. So go check that out. I want you to stick with us though, because next episode we're going to be seeing if we've built up our career from, you know, from, from high school forward. And now let's see if AI is going to replace us all. So hang on to your butts for next episode. Until then, I'm Jason. This is Ben. Jonathan. This is Tony. Goodbye. Goodbye.